I'm Lillian Vasquez, and this is Inland Edition. Southern California and much of the western United States have been experiencing drought conditions. Meteorologists and other scientists are saying that for now, this is the new normal. So today on Inland Edition, we're talking about water and water conservation with Savaji Deshmukh. He's the general manager of the Inland Empire Utilities Agency. He'll share a little bit about where our water comes from, and he'll give us some tips about how we can work individually and together to conserve this important resource. Stay with us for Inland Edition after this news. Listening to Inland Edition on 91.9 KVCR. I'm Lillian Vasquez. Our guest is Shivaji Deshmukh. He is the general manager of the Inland Empire Utilities Agency. Welcome and thank you for joining us. Thank you, Lillian. So, with gas prices on many mines, likewise, water might be as well. Today, I'm going to ask you about water as much as our time allows. But first, share what the Inland Empire Utility Agency is and who the agency oversees. The Inland Empire Utilities Agency is a municipal water district that was formed in 1950. We are the only member agency of Metropolitan Water District of Southern California that's in San Bernardino County. We cover approximately 240 square miles in southwest San Bernardino County. And we provide wholesale water services to seven major retailers. About 50 years ago, we took on the responsibility for managing wastewater collection, treatment, and ultimately recycling of all of that sewage in our area for roughly the same area. So today, it gives us a great opportunity to develop local supplies because recycled water is a very important drought-proof supply for Southern California. And IUA uh, has a long history in, in working on that. So our role is to represent our communities at Metropolitan in terms of advocating for what we need when it comes to imported water. But we also work with local entities to make sure that we maximize the amount of local resources we have. One example of that is partnering with our groundwater basin managers and to make sure that we take full advantage of this great resource that's actually beneath our feet in our service area. What has your agency and other agencies, as you just described, invested over the years for critical infrastructure to help us through these tough times and or dry spells? First of all, water use efficiency always has to be the priority. It's important that we work with our retailers and our retailers in our service area have been great about promoting the right way to use water, making sure that we're efficient with both indoor and outdoor use. But in addition to that, I mentioned the opportunities to produce local drought-proof supplies. And about 20 years ago, we made a significant investment into developing recycled water. Recycled water typically is used for agriculture. It's used to water lawns, golf courses, medians. Um, That's what we refer to as non-potable reuse. But one thing that we did that was very innovative is we took advantage of the groundwater basin that underlies our service area. And groundwater basins are great. It's essentially very wet soil underneath our feet. And the groundwater basins can store water, they can convey water, and they can also treat water. 
So when we produce this high-quality recycled water out of our recycling treatment plants, we're able to recharge or let that water seep into the groundwater basin, where ultimately it will be used by our customers as they pump it or extract it out of the groundwater basin. Why that's important right now is because with the state uh, going through the challenges with water supply, we're able to shift off imported water to our local supplies that have been recharged by recycled water. Our ability to capture stormwater has also helped refill up that groundwater basin. And sometimes when it's available in very wet years, we're able to buy imported water and save it by putting it into the groundwater basin. So those kind of investments help uh, during challenging times like this. But there's more work that we have to do. Okay, so I want to break it down just a little bit. When you say retailers, who are you referring to? Is that the other agencies that work for you that you supply water to? Are they the retailers? Yes, as I mentioned, Lillian, we are a water wholesaler. And retailers are the water providers that deliver water directly to the residents and businesses. Okay. So, for example, in our service area, we have some very large cities, including Fontana, City of Ontario, Rancho Cucamonga, uh, to name a few. We also have Upland, Montclair, Chino, and Chino Hills. So most of these retailers are through the cities. There are also a few special districts that provide the water directly to the residents. So they are who we work with in order to get the message out, but also they're the ones ultimately who are working directly with the residents and businesses. Okay. Governor Newsom issued an executive order last July asking Californians to voluntarily reduce water by 15 percent. In October of 2021, he announced his drought proclamation was extended to all 58 counties. Were citizens not taking his order seriously? We're in this situation because we're in a drought. I get that. It seems like we've been in a drought for a long time. But listening to you, it sounds like I shouldn't be as nervous as I feel the agencies are telling us, because you sound very calm and not, of course, you're concerned about it. It's your field. But tell me what I should be thinking and where, because of what Governor Newsom has suggested, what should we be doing as far as preparing for this drought that we're in? I believe strongly that we have to continue the best practices of using water efficiently, but we also have to be proactive. We need to think about projects and programs that are going to help carry us through as we experience the change in climate. For example, with climate change, we're going to experience longer periods of dryness and then more intense periods of precipitation. So we need to make sure that our infrastructure can handle this different type of climate. Much of our water system, especially in Southern California, has been built around uh, historical hydrologic cycles. And with climate change, things are changing. So we, we have to make sure we adapt. We do have certain projects that are actually going on right now that are going to increase the amount of recycled water we have to accommodate the development that's happening in our service area. We're expanding the capacity of some of our treatment plants, including one large construction project right now in Chino that will increase the amount of recycled water we have available to us. But we also have to look into the future. And one project that we're looking at right now is a partnership with the state as a result of funding available from Proposition 1 about seven years ago. And this would be an opportunity for us to use our groundwater basin, increase the amount of recycled water, and ultimately have more flexibility to use our local supplies. As an example, if we had a project like that in place today, 
we could not only help out our area by switching over to local supplies, but that would have a regional benefit throughout Southern California by freeing up water for other communities. This water is pretty deep, for sure. So many levels and so many agencies and so many retailers that it gets a little convoluted. Um, In my mind, you do this every day, of course, it all makes perfect sense to you in how you plan ahead. I was going to ask you, and you've kind of touched on it, how and where are there solutions where we are able to recycle water and have a second purpose for it? And I'm guessing this is like golf courses and outdoor large acreage areas. Is, are those the only places that we can use water again? The answer is no. What's really exciting about what's taken place in Southern California, and I would argue it, it's really the example for the world, is that we have really done a great job with recycled water. And there's different types of recycled water. You correctly described one use of that recycled water, which is great for landscaping and golf courses and agriculture. But because of the technology that we have, we're able to turn treated wastewater into a high-quality potable supply. And all water on this earth has been recycled, right? We're drinking some of the same molecules that the dinosaurs consumed millions of years ago. Hmm. But now with the technology we have today, within minutes, we're able to convert uh, treated wastewater into a high-quality water. Currently, the regulations in California allow for us to treat this water to an advanced level of treatment and put it back into an environmental body, such as a groundwater basin or a reservoir. After that, then that water could be delivered for additional treatment and ultimately to the residents. But as technology improves and as we gain more experience, we're finding ways to more directly use that water. So there's a concept out there called direct potable reuse. And that's something that could be in our future in the next 10 years. Right now, the state of California is actually planning to adopt regulations in 2023 that will provide guidance on how agencies like ours could actually do that. Okay, so you are, they are always thinking ahead. Let me reintroduce our guest is Shivaji Deshmukh. He's the general manager of the Inland Empire Utilities Agencies, and we're talking about water and water issues. When I watch the evening news, they are always talking about Los Angeles and what they need to cut back and the fines that are coming and if you don't follow these rules. Who in the Inland Empire should we be listening to? We don't have television news out here, right? But who are we listening to when our citizens live in their home? Who should they be paying attention to when they talk about what we need to do and the limitations we have on our water. Because in L.A., they'll talk about watering two times a week. Well, does that pertain to us here in the Inland Empire? Does it or does it not? I don't know. Who should we be listening to? You touch on a great point, Lillian, and the fact that messaging is challenging. Um, (laughs) The water supply situation in California is not one that's easy to grasp. And like I mentioned before, a solution that may be good for Inland Empire Utilities Agency may not be good for a neighboring agency. And for the same reason, it's really challenging for customers to know what's our direction. So I, I would first recommend that they look to their water provider. Who do you pay your water rates to? Our water providers slash retailers really have a great understanding of what the local community can do. Um, We tend to talk as a region, but ultimately, each of those water providers are going to be establishing the limitations, the restrictions, the rules. And so we want to make sure that they know to go to them. 
in the Inland Empire, like I mentioned, we're the only metropolitan member agency uh, in San Bernardino County. Uh, but to the east, there's a number of other uh, great water providers who are out there working directly with their customers. So I'd recommend look at your water bill and see who's who you're paying uh, your water rates to. And they, they have a number of resources typically available on their website. Related to that, rebates. There's a lot of rebates available for using water efficiently. And typically, those are performed through your water provider. Okay, so... What someone might be doing in Colton might be different than someone would be requested in, to do in Fontana or Loma Linda or Rancho Cucamonga? That's correct. Okay. And one of the things I, ju- I just want to describe and how we advocated for making our decisions at a local level is when Metropolitan Water District was trying to figure out how to address the challenges in certain areas of their service area that were facing limitations on imported supply, their initial idea was limit outdoor watering to one day a week. It worked well for some of the metropolitan member agencies, but for us, because we were blessed with local supplies, both groundwater and recycled water, we wanted to work on a program that would really result in real water savings. And so we felt the best way to do that is for Metropolitan to let us know how much water is available to us, and we'll work within that. Uh-huh. As a reminder, we get about one-third of our supply from the state project system, which is essentially the California Aqueduct. About two-thirds of our supply comes locally. So we are able to shift off of that imported supply and use more locally. And so Metropolitan established two different paths. You could either decide as a water wholesaler like us to go down a path of limiting watering outdoors to one day a week or follow some volumetric limits. And that's the path we chose. So right now we've been working with our water providers to make sure they know how much water they have over the next seven-month period. Mm. But one of the things that we've been cautioning, not only our water providers but the general public, is while we may be in a in decent shape for the next seven months, we have to think about next year. What if this dry climate continues into year four, year five, year six? So that's where investment in programs that are going to make us more resilient is more important than ever. You're listening to Inland Edition. I'm Lillian Vasquez. We're going to take a quick break, but when we return, we'll continue our conversation with Shavaji Deshmukh, who is the general manager of the Inland Empire Utilities Agency. And we're going to hear from him about how we, in our own homes, can help in this drought situation. Stay with us. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Inland Edition. I'm Lillian Vasquez, and our guest is Shavaji Deshmukh. He's the general manager of the Inland Empire Utilities Agency. All right, Shivaji, I'd like to talk now about maybe suggestions or tips or what you can recommend. What can we do as a daily consumer to try and implement in our own home or in our workplace to help in this efforts? Water-saving tips are actually pretty straightforward. One of those is to make sure you take your car to a car wash. Car washes are responsible for recycling a, a lot of the water that they use, so it's actually a very water-efficient way to to keep your car clean. Really? Yeah. Keep showers to five minutes or fewer. Uh, One of the things that really helps is to clean your sidewalks and driveways with a broom rather than a hose. Mm. Turn off your faucet when brushing your teeth. This is one uh, water-saving tip that my kids teach me all the time, even though I work in the industry. They're constantly (laughs) telling me to 
turn that thing off quicker. Well, I have to tell you, uh, that, is, for- that is one that I do. And I've tried to start getting my son to do it. He's autistic, but I keep pushing him to say, nope, turn the water off when you're brushing your teeth. And I don't know how much it's saving, but I, that's the one thing I'm, I know I can do, and I'm trying to encourage my husband to, to do as well. So I'm sorry to interrupt, but keep going. I just wanted to say at least nope. I'm doing one of them. Go ahead. No problem. It's great to hear. And I, I do think there's many people who have a psychological connection to wanting to hear the water run while they brush their teeth. And it's, oh. a, it's a hard habit to break. Hmm. Um, there's also some bigger things you can do in terms of looking at your landscape. Uh, uh, many of us like to have a, a nice green lawn, uh, but that's not really California native landscaping. When we bring up those ideas, I think the first reaction many residents have is, well, I don't want a desert landscape. I don't want rocks and succulents. That is one option for us, but there are so many different amazing, beautiful palettes that you can uh, install in your front or backyard that uh, use a lot less water. Hmm. For example, I even have quite a small plot in front of my house, but I've planted kumquat trees. And so those are a very water efficient Mm. uh, fruit that you can grow on site. There's a lot of unique opportunities to save water. And I'll go back to the question you asked before, where can we find out about that? That's where it's really great to go to your water providers. I'll also share our website where we have a number of these tips. It's www.ieua.org backslash water savings tips, and that'll take you right to a page that identifies opportunities to save water. Okay, so people always say fix your leaks. Are leaks really, are you really doing that much when you're fixing a leak? You are, and there's a lot of different levels of leaks. Looking at a drip taking place outside, it all adds up. Hmm. One of the things that we do at the distribution level when we're trying to deliver water is we we put a lot of investment and there's a lot of opportunity to fix the leaks in the street because we don't want to lose that really high quality water. Right. But you as a consumer can really look to that dripping faucet in your bathroom or that um, hose that's not turned off outside. Right. Every drop counts now. And hmm. so it's very important that you, you address those. Now, I am guilty. I like a green lawn and I have... Trying to change my ways, and I'm watering in the evening for 10 minutes. Is that allowed? That is, and it depends where you are in the Inland Empire because depending on your water provider, they may have different rules or restrictions. So it is good to check in with them. I think it's great that you're watering not in the hottest part of the day because you could lose a lot of your water to evaporation. I just learned of one new thing. I used up until yesterday, I kept my sprinklers and my drip irrigation going at night because I thought that's the best time. Um, but a water use efficiency expert just told me yesterday, if there's a leak that happens at 2.30 in the morning, you may not know about it. And uh, you could have a broken sprinkler ah. header that's just flowing out water. Right. And even if you get up at five or six in the morning, like I do, you may not notice it for three hours. So his recommendation was, do that around the time you get up, but before it gets warm. So Got it. Uh, even though I work in the industry, I'm learning things every day, and mm-hmm. that's something that I just learned. And so I went out and I just adjusted my controller as a result of that. Tell me about some of the rebates that may be out there and offered. We have a number of rebates in IUA. Ultimately, um, if you go to SoCal WaterSmart, you can look at opportunities for rebates for high-efficiency clothes washers, high-efficiency toilets, weather-based irrigation controllers. We work very closely with our retailers on turf rebates. 
So if you were interested in transitioning from a green lawn to something that's more California friendly, we offer uh, dollars per acre foot to help reduce the cost. So that's been a very popular program for us. So we're very fortunate to have funds available to help residents learn and also implement water-saving practices at their house. And lastly, what is this Step It Up, IE, and Taking the Pledge? Are you familiar with that? I am. And one of the things that we've done working with our partners in the Inland Empire in Riverside County as well is recognizing that it is a hard message to explain what's happening with California water. And so we created a three-tiered system when it comes to messaging where we describe, hey, we're in a position where we have to be responsible. That's pretty much always. But if we start to see uh, water supply challenges increase, then we need to step it up. We're very close now to the point where we're going to be telling residents, you have to cut it back. And so we're asking our, our residents, our communities, our partners to take that pledge. And the reason we do that is it reminds our constituents, our residents, that it's important to save water no matter what situation we're in. And that kind of communication is really effective. The other thing that we found that's really helpful, and just speaking personally, is our children are great enforcers of being uh, (laughs) water use efficiency experts. Like I said before, if I keep that uh, faucet running too long, my kids are going to be telling me to turn that off because we're wasting water. So we've found uh, our children are the best advocates slash police to affect a good water use habit. Now, I'm going to get a little personal here, and I'm going to tell you, I can get my shower to five minutes, except on the days when I wash my hair. I can't do it in five minutes. But I figure if I'm doing it three days a week where I'm getting it in five minutes and I can go a little longer on the other days, I'm really thinking about this. This is really on my mind, so I'm trying to be very conscious at home. Now, I will say, my son, who I indicated was autistic, loves the shower, and sometimes he's in there for 15 minutes but it's our time to go do other things because he's occupied and he's taken care of and he loves the water. So I'm thinking, okay, if I compensate somewhere else, I can allow for his long shower. Yay or nay? Well, just the fact that you're thinking about it, I think is great. One idea for you is uh, you could actually bring in a small bucket into the shower. There is so much great quality water that just literally goes down the drain in your shower. And I know many people who take a in there, and then by the time a five-gallon bucket may be a little too heavy to carry out of there, uh, but if you bring a two-gallon bucket in, you can take that outside, water your plants, water uh, indoor plants, outdoor hmm. plants. Um, there's a lot of water that you could save by doing that. All right. Um, not every house is designed that way. <laughs> if I did it in one of our bathrooms, I'd have a very wet carpet, but... Uh, If the opportunity allows, uh, we have done that before. Well, that's very Uh, interesting. And I might consider it if it's a pretty bucket. You know, if it matches my decor, then I really might consider it. Thank you so much for your time. It's been a real pleasure getting to know a little bit more. And hopefully people listening will take it into consideration and, and think about our water situation. Thank you so much for chatting today. Thank you. Shivaji Deshmukh is general manager of the Inland Empire Utilities Agency. You'll find lots of information at their website at ieua.org. That's ieua.org. We'll include a link when we post today's episode on the Inland Edition program page. Join 
Join us again next week for Inland Edition, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. and 6.30, right here on KVCR. To hear this episode and past shows, visit our website at kvcrnews.org slash inlandedition. You can also listen to Inland Edition on your favorite streaming service. Inland Edition is a production of KVCR News. Support for this production, including writing and editing, comes from Rick Dulock, Sharina Wad, and David Fleming. And we get technical website and social media support from Tim Steidel, Sean Houlihan, and Natasha Coles. I'm Lillian Vasquez. Thanks for listening, and bye for now.